Welcome to the Fort Rocks Crypto Podcast. I am your host, Neil Alonzo, with my co-host and wonderful friend, Mr. Brandon Donheath. What up? <laughs> so today, today is the best episode ever. I know you hate it when I slap down on the desk, but since I'm headphoneless yeah. this episode, because we're going headphoneless now, because yeah. why do we need them, right? Yeah, you don't really need to hear your but own it, voice. We we look so official. We wear. I do. I feel a little naked. I don't feel as cool anymore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're still cool because you're wearing sunglasses. Thanks, man. Yeah, you're welcome. But we have the best episode today. Yeah, best we do. episode, best show ever. Probably. You know why? Because we're talking about DAOs. That's right, baby. Yeah, a full yeah. episode about DAOs. A full episode about DAOs. Why? Because there's a lot of shit that's been happening. Oh, with them. dude. Yeah. But before. Yeah. We do this. Disclosures. Disclosures. So we are not financial advisors, wealth managers, lawyers, brokers, or CPAs. Nothing we're saying in this podcast should be construed as investment advice. Now that we've gotten that out of the way, since the SEC and the CFTC are going after the DAO. Yeah. You're saying that we should make the show into a DAO, and then we should issue tokens. (laughs) And issue tokens. And and then issue flavored tokens. Flavored? Yeah. At any time one of us goes to Flavortown. Guy Fury. <laughs> I know, I know where you're going. It's all because of the restaurant podcast stuff. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So yeah. for our listeners who want to hear more from us, but maybe not from us directly on different topics. Yeah. Our production company is venturing into the restaurant podcast business. Yeah. yeah we got some culinary hospitality people that are going to do a different take. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Looking we'll, forward. We'll let you know about that. We'll let that, you know so. about that. We know that's a complete left turn from crypto and blockchain and Web3, but everybody's got to eat. Who doesn't yeah. like good food? Yeah. And these these guys, they got some good food. Yeah. And they know a maybe, lot of cool people. Maybe they know how to make immutable food. Well, they are friends with Keith McNally, who banned James Gordon for that period of time. Remember from Balthazar? I don't yeah, know if you yeah, saw yeah. that, but yeah. Yeah, that was like just a couple weeks ago or a week like, or uh, yeah. two ago. We're super relevant here at oh, yeah. Fort Brox. Let me I tell know. you. Okay. <laughs> I think we've had enough banter on this one, but let's talk about DAOs. Yeah. I'm, I am, I'm super hyped to talk about them. So first off, what is a DAO? What is a DAO? A Decentralized autonomous organization. Yeah. The whole idea was to create a decentralized entity such as an LLC or corporation, but be governed under custom rules. Yeah. Because you can. You can create your own governance rules with DAOs, but governance as a whole has become an issue with all things crypto, Web3, and blockchain. So we have links in our show notes at cryptopodcast.xyz to everything we referenced during this whole episode. So we have a lot of sourced material. So if you like doing research. Yeah. I mean... Just the most... We're doing it for you. We're doing it for you. Yeah, we're doing it quicker. But yeah, at the end of the day, a DAO is supposed to be just... Instead of having to stand up an LLC or a Mm -hmm. nonprofit organization, a 5013C, or you're just able to create this. A community of people can now govern themselves. But there's more to it than that. Yeah. Because there's some DAOs that have approval processes, but... At the end of the day, the approval process doesn't necessarily mean that it can't be vetoed by a CEO. Yeah. So it really wouldn't be decentralized. Yeah. You know what I mean? I Even- mean, there's some out there. I mean, we we talked about this, I think, on the Jargon podcast. Okay. Just about, like, DAOs are great in theory, or might have been the Ethereum podcast when we first introduced Ethereum. Not us introducing Ethereum, but to the podcast. Right. Was... 
was DAOs and basically the like the only thing holding DAOs back right now honestly are people like it's still the the chink in the armor well what's funny about what you're saying is DAOs are supposed to inherently make the technology that we're using more human yeah which is ironic in that way yeah and before we dive into everything I do want to manage people's expectations about what they should expect from this episode okay so what we'll be talking about is what is a DAO I'll just give you some layman's terms yeah what motivated us to talk about DAOs today in this particular episode at this particular time because it is as of this recording October 28th of 2022 yeah what are some examples of DAOs how do you create a DAO what is the future of DAOs and what to watch out for with DAOs. So that's basically our show outline of what it is we're going to be talking about in this particular episode. So on, if you're listening on Spotify or Google podcasts, or I believe iHeartRadio, YouTube and well, those see, they have timestamps within it to where you can jump to a specific section. And then YouTube, obviously we have chapters for everything that we're talking about. So you can jump through the episode to get to the portion of the topic that you want to listen to because yeah. Apple podcast right now, even though we're on Apple podcast and Amazon and a few others, they don't utilize the timestamps within the description the same way Spotify does. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. I looking forward to them doing so because yeah. I love timestamps. I love being able to just jump to a section within a podcast. Yeah. So getting back into it. Cool. So we've already described what a DAO is. And that's, yeah. again, most layman's terms way of it. And if you're listening to this podcast and we're interested, you probably have a fair understanding of it. But again, you can find out more links to details regarding what a DAO is. And we have links to a number of different sources. One of the links we have is on consensus.net. We like it a lot because it provides visuals to how DAOs can work, which I think visuals help everybody Yeah. when you're learning something. But what motivated us to talk about it today, and we'll top line it real quick, but then we'll dive into it, is the CFTC going after Okidao. And we'll get in more of that. Han Ventures, Katie Han, who used to be with the DOJ, I believe it was, and she was part of the Silk Road case and utilized Bitcoin to solve that, went to Andreas and Horowitz and then launched her own fund, crypto fund, Web3 fund, blockchain fund, whatever you want to label it as ventures has some great opinions regarding this a 16 Z Andreas and Horowitz has some great public opinions about this. And then maker Dow has had a little bit of a roller coaster as well. Maker Dow is one of the more prominent ones that have been around a little longer. And so it'll be interesting to share with you some of their roller coaster times, but to jump into it first, let's talk about Okie Dow. So I'm going to read a little bit. Okay from excerpt from it the commodity futures trading commission's recent lawsuit against okidao calls into question whether DAOs can exist compliantly within the complex regulatory framework that governs financial and other transactions in the lawsuit the cftc asserts that the DAO has operated as a futures commission merchant fcm in violation of the commodities exchange act and failed to comply with the bank secrecy act compliance program as required by FCMs. Significantly, the CFTC's lawsuit seeks to hold the Okidao token holders who participate in the DAO governance responsible for the DAO's alleged failure to comply. <laughs> Here's the thing, you can't sleep on this shit, man. 
It's so boring. I swear, uh, a yeah, lot of yeah. our regulatory is so boring mm-hmm. that they want us to dull us into submission. Yeah. I honestly think, like, they were basically looking for something like this. That way they could actually put the CFTC to work. <laughs> like, on, on 100%. Prior to crypto because, and blockchain, we didn't hear shit as much yeah, about the CFTC. Yeah. Like, what do we have that's like commodities? You're like, oh, okay. Well, Everything's well, been pretty established for a long places. time. That's the last time you heard about commodities, right? <laughs> that's that's a pretty interesting point of view of it. But I, I agree. I, I actually, I mean, this is just straight my opinion, but I really think that's why. It's because, like, you have Ripple with the SEC. Yep. The SEC's going after Ripple. And they're having a hell of a time trying to do it. And then so we have all this stuff coming about regulatory commissions and like changing crypto over to the CFTC being regulated from that. And I really think this is just like, like they're trying to go after them because they just want like a case to make an example out of. Yeah. I mean, the Ripple case is going to be a bellwether case for crypto. Oh, for sure. It will because the judgments that happen are going to be then referenced in any other lawsuit that has mm-hmm. any type of overlap with it. Right. Yeah. I mean, you always hear about lawyers citing judgments from previous cases. Yeah. For those of you like Goodwill hunting, yeah. well, the character Matt Damon plays cites property rights and things of that nature. Yeah. It's funny, but how do you like damn apples? <laughs> but the funny or the not so funny part about this is, yeah, it just feels like, and this is speculation too, that everybody's guilty until proven innocent. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, again, and so to, to touch on the Okie Doubt piece, it says, prior to this lawsuit, much of the focus has been on whether governance tokens would be considered investment contracts and thus securities under US securities law. According to the Security Exchange Commission guidance, governance tokens may not constitute securities in a decentralized DAO. Okay, but here's the thing. Decentralized DAO, we talked about it. How decentralized is it? Yeah. What defines it to be decentralized? Yeah. Because if what the group decides, if it sees it all the way to action, that I would think that would be decentralized. Yeah. If there's a governance system in place and everybody can arrive at consensus that's defined, like if the consensus mechanism to arrive of how everybody chooses to make their own vote or decision, how is that put into action? Yeah. I think the action part is what defines whether or not it's decentralized or not. And I'll give you an example. If we all vote and come to consensus on making a decision, a plan of action, and that plan of action is seen, put into effect by the community of people or by those who are the governing persons or stakeholders fine but if that governing person or stakeholder can say no you know what thank you everybody for voting yeah but we're gonna go this direction yeah yeah that's not decentralized no you know what i mean so there are these environments where people can vote and be heard but ultimately the decision falls on the hands of whoever's making the Mm -hmm. ultimate action plan for instance ethereum talks about being decentralized Nobody asked the miners and the miners of proof of work had zero say in going to proof of stake. Yeah. So that process wasn't decentralized whatsoever. Yeah. But what governance mechanism would you use for something like that? 
Yeah. Well, I mean, by popular demand, because... Oh. Uh, well, I mean, because, I mean, I, I, I guess that would be the court of public opinion, <laughs> because they wanted to go more green or energy efficient. Yeah. yeah. That was one reason one of the benefits right i think that was the one. that was the key platform i feel so you had all that fomo coming out about bitcoin mining and 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 such and there's no way that you can take bitcoin off of proof of work yeah so it's like which is awesome <laughs> yeah but so we talked about it on our merge episode where we yeah. said let's talk about the merge yeah we talk a lot about ethereum but stay in focus with where we're at on DAOs. everything that's going with the okie dow side of however this lawsuit works out and how they end up charging people because there's discussion that developers can now be prosecuted if they helped develop the DAO that issues these unregistered securities if they are deemed securities yeah that's fucked up yeah you know what i mean it's one well, thing because because they can't go after an organization that doesn't isn't defined right yeah it's so, i mean it's, it's really interesting. Again, it comes back to the world that we currently live in, yeah. trying to make what's being built adapt to current rules and legislation. To old rules. Old rules. Well, here's the thing, and I'm going to play pros and cons on this. Devil's advocate, excuse me, devil's advocate, if you will. We do have rules and regulation in place to create yeah. some sort of order, and I, I'm all for order. Mm -hmm. We need to know where the lines are so we can color within them. It's a phrase that I've used many times when we talk about this stuff on the podcast, yeah. coloring within the lines. Yeah. But when it's so new and I guess it's stifling our ability, and I say our, the United States, ability to continue to grow. Because if more rules and regulation and the ability to advance in any type of technology or innovation... Mm -hmm we're going to go behind in terms of a country. And if there's one thing that the United States has benefited from, and it's been leaders in developing new technology, you know what I mean? We're already behind Tencent on a number of other technology deployments that China has going with WeChat yeah. and the way that they use it currently. I mean, that type of commerce that people have is f so far along what we currently do. Having said that, it's just, that's my concern with the way they're going about regulation right now is that it's stifling our ability as a country to stay ahead in innovation. Yeah. Cause yeah. look at blockchain, Darren Feinstein, I believe his name is, he was on a podcast that I really enjoyed. I want to, I forget who it was. We'll put it in our show notes, but he talks about how there's hasn't been any innovation in accounting in a long time the idea of an accounting ledger is super archaic but once blockchain came out was issued once it came into our world for use it now introduced an innovation in accounting as a ledger that hasn't been innovated on in so long yeah you know what i mean and it's awesome to see super archaic industries verticals especially something such as accounting because it touches every fabric of business yeah. and personal lives. So I'm a big fan of innovation. I just wish our regulation, our current regulation systems had a better way of ingesting innovation. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? No, I don't think so. <laughs> you have zero thoughts on this? Yeah. Well, That's I'm, weird because we're on a podcast. I know, right? <laughs> no, I, I mean, it's all... It's all so new. I, 
I don't know. I don't really have thoughts. I'm I'm still ingesting all of it, basically. It's a lot to take in. Yeah. Like, even when we talk about it now, right? We mm-hmm. did a lot of due diligence prior to this episode. And it's, I feel like we could do due diligence for a month and yeah. still not have enough information. Like, this is going to take some time. Yeah, to unpack, unload. To unpack and to really come up roll with a, out. Yeah. Yeah. A thoughtful way about going about this. Because I am of the opinion, yes, we need regulation. We do yeah. need governance. We do need some order. We need to create the lines that we know how to color within. Yeah. But, and I'm jumping over to a portion of, that I mentioned earlier in our outline of the show. Han Ventures yeah. wrote a piece and it's titled CFTC DAOs and why regulation by enforcement is bad for the U.S. This was written on September 28, 2022. They published it on mirror.xyz. And right off the bat, it leads off with this is, and I'm taking an excerpt from it. The recently announced Commodity Futures Trading Commission's enforcement action against Okidao is the latest example of why a quote, enforcement only approach to Web3 is bad for the rule of law, bad for the US economy, and bad for national security. Anybody who's really interested in what we're talking about, I highly recommend that you go to our show notes and you click through and you read this story. We're, we're, I'm, I'm of the opinion, I'm definitely in alignment with their thought process on this article. I love it. Big fan of the way they're approaching it. Big fan of the way that they're looking at the problem. But this enforcement only approach, it's a great way of putting it. They couldn't have articulated it better, in my opinion. Yeah. So take from it what you will. But... It's one of the reasons why we were motivated today to talk about DAOs. Yep. Because I'm of the belief DAOs are a huge portion of innovation as it relates to Web3, blockchain, and crypto. I lump it all together because at the end of the day, it's all about independence. It's mm-hmm. creating independence for us as humans. Yeah. Independence from intermediaries, right? But with more independence comes those who are going to be cut out of the profit pie. Because yep. at the end of the day, there's a couple things that are happening with independence. The removal of power or transfer of power, and then w- who profits from it? Mm. If you're taking money and power away from people, yeah, <laughs> those are the things people want the most of or desire. People in positions of money and power. I mean, this is yeah. a time-honored topic. Yeah, yeah. So independence is not something that most old-world way of doing things is going to want change in yeah you know what i mean for sure it's one of the motivating factors so as mentioned earlier andreas and horowitz also has put out some great articles that relates to DAOs. so we'll have that in our show note links as well but they have a couple articles that we really like DAO entity features and entity selection they have a selection framework flow chart again i'm a big fan of visuals i'm a big fan of breaking down things and easily digestible things, especially as we enter this new frontier, right? It just helps on so many levels, but I find it interesting. VCs, in my opinion, have put out more information as it relates to topics with crypto, Web3, and blockchain than they have for almost anything else. Yeah. Maybe we're in a little bit of a bubble. I don't know as far as our purview, but I haven't seen VCs put out content this in-depth and thoughtful ever (laughs) yeah it's it's almost like they're also capturing the seo market in such a way 
You know what I mean? Because when you start searching for certain topics, if you're not coming across things like Blockworks or Coindesk or Decrypt, you're seeing a VC publish a lot of stuff. And now you're starting to see law firms writing about things. And it's coming up because they're the only ones writing content about this stuff. Yeah. Or really leading the charge. But I do find it very interesting. I think we mentioned it on a podcast previously or one of our other podcasts, the Crypto Vibes podcast. But general partners at VCs now have to... Or, I, this is speculation, and I've seen it written in a few places, but they have to have a YouTube presence. Yeah. They have to have their own brand behind them because it draws people more towards being a part of that VC fund it's because yeah. being a VC is very competitive. Yeah. But to get those early deals, first look deals, everybody wants that next unicorn. Mm -hmm. But having said that, I find this very interesting. I think this is as much a marketing tactic as it is an information grab. Yeah, actually, that, that's what it sounds like. Plus, but like, it's a good idea. Have, if you have people that are interested in the space, I mean, you have all these abilities to to get your information out there and write your your papers on the subject in your opinion. And then people subscribe to those and you can get paid for, just for that. So. I do love it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, whereas like it used to be in the power of whoever is publishing your papers, but now it's in your own power. Yeah. They and always then, say the the victor writes the history books, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, in this particular case, the victor is those in charge of wealth. Yeah. Right. But I do like that it is much more of an open forum. Yeah. That these obviously. Do you I think, do you think elon taking over twitter is gonna have anything to do with with like i mean he says he's opening up like he's oh an i saw doge went up well yeah i don't care, <laughs> that, but I don't I, care about doge no but. but it's just a funny byproduct of yeah, yeah. something like elon taking over twitter yeah finally closing the deal as of today yeah you know what i mean i i just don't think he actually wanted to take what was over the point twitter? i interrupted you on well i was just gonna say like like he's firing a bunch of people yeah but like to what like for what like twitter was working i don't know was it though yeah was we it don't not? know oh i mean here's the thing he was just mad that some people got canceled and got kicked off the platform i mean there's been plenty written about him there's been plenty yeah. excerpts taken from statements that he's made yeah but at the end of the day a company any company you have to run at a profit if you're a for-profit business. Yeah, for sure. Their P&L could have been stronger. Yeah. Period. I listened to, on my drive-in today, I listened to Pivot, which is Kara Swisher and Scott Galloway. They did an emergency episode. That's what they call when they're doing an episode that they need to drop right away because of news breaking. Yeah. Elon taking over Twitter finally. They dropped some news. And I loved their take on it. Okay. So that'll be in our show notes link as well. Right, I mean, sweet. these are two people that have been in the space for a long time. Very valid in my opinion. Again, yeah. this is an opinion-based thing. But they did. They talked about Elon taking it over and what it could be. But at the end of the day, I'm of the opinion that any business that is for profit, mm -hmm. you have to run a strong P&L especially if you have investors. But now that it's private, they don't have to deal with the same outside scrutiny, but he still has investors. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Twitter has I mean, never had America's as... backing the deal, so... But Twitter's never had as strong a P&L as something like Meta. Yeah. 
you know what I mean? Or Facebook, and for that matter, they mm-hmm. haven't had as strong a PNL as other social media platforms for the power that it yields. Well, because Twitter they didn't go on a buying spree and no, but and take up like Instagram, WhatsApp, like I mean, Jack Dorsey just made separate entities like Square and now Block, where it's like. But that's Jack Dorsey's play. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but he that, was just one of Twitter, several founders. You know, what's that? I said he's Twitter though. So. I think that's part of the problem. Oh, okay. As I don't necessarily know that he ran it well. Yeah. Twitter. Yeah. Here's the thing. At Just the time that Twitter came, there. that took off, yeah. Twitter was very much that poster child. If it's about users, then it is about monetization. Yeah. It was, we're going to get so many users. At one point in time, this company will become profitable. Yeah. A lot of things, tech, have followed that same mantra. Again, yeah. this is an investment advice, this podcast, but... There needs to be something rooted more. I don't want to stifle innovation, but here's the thing. It was just like a big group chat. That's what Twitter is. And then it evolved into more. The way the hashtag was created was done by the community. The the origins of so many innovations within Twitter that were inherently organic are what made it more popular. Mm -hmm. But even after the time that it was involved or after really people started getting after it and enjoying Twitter... The PNL was never that strong. I mean, the founders dropped out and did other projects, and they, I have opinions of those. Those are just opinions. But in regards to as it relates to DAOs, I mean, because I know we could easily go off on a tangent on Twitter. Well, yeah, but what I'm saying is like it's like the opposite of a DAO, basically, because like when you have a public company, it's somewhat it's not autonomous, but yeah. It's not decentralized, but it's an autonomous organization. It, I wonder if a public company could become a DAO. In theory, it could be. Yeah. In theory. I mean, because you have shareholders and your CEO is beholden to your shareholders. So, I mean, that's the closest thing. Well, it depends on how what your govern. Again, it goes back to everything between voting, governance, into action. Yeah. Those in charge of seeing action. Yeah. I believe is the tipping point, whether it's decentralized or not. Okay. Because everything else is just talk. Yeah. Right? Like politics is just talk. Yeah. Until, until, until you go made. into action. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's why people stand on platforms all the time. And even here in Los Angeles, we have governors running for the state of California and stuff. They're always talking about how we're going to solve homelessness. Well, none of them are. Yeah. And none of them have a background in doing this shit. Yeah. Because if somebody would have, it would have happened already. Yeah. And the best we can hope for is that they're going to continue to help try to provide resources to make homelessness not as bad. Yeah. But they're not going to fix it. Yeah. I I just wish candidates would be more transparent and just say, hey, we're not going to fix it, but this is what we're going to do. These are actionable things, what we actually will do yeah, yeah. to help move the needle. But DAOs, as much as we're not into politics on this podcast, yeah. DAOs are inherently political. Yeah. Because... Our connotations of when, when I hear the word politics, I have a visual in my mind, you know, mm-hmm. just the way people hear NFTs, they have a visual in their mind Yeah, and it's not necessarily what it, the genesis of what it actually means, Yeah, but DAOs are this right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right. <laughs> we went off on a tangent, I know, but kind of, kind of, that was a good one. Well, I mean, we are talking about DAOs. So in jumping over to what motivated us to talk about DAOs, another one was MakerDAO. It's seen 
a little bit of a roller coaster. And there's a headline of a story on CoinDesk that, you know, serendipitously, because we were talking about Andreessen Horowitz, it says A16Z doesn't support plan to break up DeFi giant MakerDAO. MakerDAO, one of the largest decentralized protocols, is in the middle of a makeover. Rifts have emerged between investors and founders as they are offering competing plans for making the protocol more decentralized and try to drive growth. This was written October 19th of 2022. So this is extremely recent and relevant. Yeah. Okay. And it says that Andreas and Horowitz is not on board with the founder's vision to break up MakerDAO, one of the largest decentralized finance protocols into smaller units. Is it truly decentralized though? Again, this brings into question all things decentralized. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know, man. So A16Z, an investor and maker with the power to sway votes and decision-making, laid out its own vision. They don't think they are invested in it, and they don't think that it's decentralized enough. Yeah. That's what you're saying? Basically. That's what it's saying. That's what they're saying? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Pushing back against some arguments, MakerDAO founder Rune Christensen's, quote, in-game manifesto on how how to make Maker more decentralized and censorship resistant. Mm. There doesn't seem to be a clear distinction between the founder's ability to take action and the organization's ability to govern that action. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, if they're like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to change the code. So. I'm going to move forward. in the Yes. Yeah. If they're going to do I mean, something. You- so, in the news, I, it does say, it says, Christensen said, voter participation is one of the problems he flagged months ago and is at the heart of the raft of changes he's proposing. Quote, it has been clear since the dissolution of Maker Foundation that a lack of voter participation and open-ended governance complexity are existential risks to Maker and DAOs in general, Christian told the Defiant. And then another quote, overcoming this fundamental challenge is what the in-game plan is designed to solve. Using decentralized mechanisms such as voter incentives, limited and immutable scope of governance complexity, and replacing unaccountable black box budgets with performance-based incentives such as revenue share, as well as other checks and balances. Here's here's becoming the issue even more so with DAOs. Unless you're truly vested in understanding and educating yourself about it, you get in the weeds real quick, man. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So as much as there's a potential for DAOs, it's almost... Like people and companies need to come up with a uniformed way of onboarding, on-ramping both developers and people who would be a part of the DAO. That way there's some sort of uniform structure of how information, because if you think about what's happened with the metaverse right now, there's a metaverse standards forum that's been developed so that we have some sort of commonality in how metaverses are built. This is a wonderful idea for when it comes to scale. The same thing should happen with DAOs more so where there's more continuity and a standard standardization of certain things without disrupting the integrity of the DAO's ability to create customized rules for itself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's definitely my thought process on it. And what are some examples of DAOs? Again, we're talking about MakerDAO. This is according to their about page on their website is an open source project on ethereum blockchain and decentralized autonomous organization created in 2014 and the project is managed by people around the world who hold its governance token mkr 
So through a system of scientific governance involving executing voting and governance polling, MK holders manage the maker protocol and financial risk of DAI to ensure its stability, transparency, and efficiency. So it's interesting. That's one example is MakerDAO, right? Yep. Then we have CityDAO. CityDAO. But CityDAO, according to their website, says the mission of CityDAO is to build a blockchain native network city of the future. This means we are building a decentralized city built on blockchain, a network of properties owned by the DAO, united by our community. Perhaps it could even encompass a real incorporated city in the future. Mm. It's interesting that they reference a real incorporated city under the DAO. So they are making the distinction that the DAO itself would own the asset of a corporation. Cities being incorporated, if they own that corporation. Yeah. So, I mean, this is where, and I've talked about it on the Crypto Vibes podcast a little bit. It's almost like, how do we navigate the transition between a Web 2 world and a Web 3 world? Mm-hmm. Now, yes, we can do a lot of cool shit with blockchain, crypto, Web 3. A lot of cool stuff. A lot of potential. But the way in which we transition from our current regulation, our current laws, needs to be factored into how adoption takes place. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So even though we can build really cool shit right now and we can deploy it, it's going to come up with this type of adversity, as the Han Ventures article said, enforcement only, it, because we're not... It sucks. We're stifled by our by ourselves as humans, but not everybody shares the same opinion about technology and innovation. So how do you create a roadmap that allows you to still maintain a certain amount of profitability if you need funds, unless you're backed by some crypto billionaire? Yeah. You know what I mean? Not everybody has Brock Pierce funding them or other crypto giants or VC funds that are willing to wait for that profit to emerge. I mean, think Twitter. Mm-hmm. How long did they wait to make any money? <laughs> yeah. Well, you could argue that they waited until today yeah. when Elon bought it. <laughs> but anyways, my point being is this, is that in order for some of the cool stuff that can be deployed and built, you need to have a roadmap that takes you from Web 2 to Web 3. So you can't build everything that you want to build today because it won't be well received by the regulation. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. we need to create this transition in there. And we have links to a whole list of DAOs. So there's this website, tally.xyz, and it has a list of a number of DAOs. It's cool because you can just search in one place all these different DAOs. And there's a huge list of them. Another link that we have obviously takes you to Ethereum. Ethereum has a number of ways of how you can join a DAO. And it's great because there's DAOs for almost everything. Community builders who believe in collective ownership of the internet. There's a free freelancer, Web3 Development Collective working on a DAO. There's engineering, art communities, DAO incubators, gaming DAOs. There's so many things that you can create an autonomous organization over. Yeah. Think about anything that you're having a discussion about. You can create a DAO around that. Yeah. Not just a discussion, but if you want to take action, again when you want to combine those two elements between community and action. So like it's possible to say you have a board of directors and then X amount of seats are issued to a DAO, right? Or wrong. Well, if you had two seats, each one was its own separate DAO, that would be interesting. 
Right? Because then you have your governance voting on whatever. What if United Nations? For it. Yeah, NATO were all governed by DAOs. Yeah. It's interesting, right? It does. Mm -hmm. So it does. It's we're we or anybody who's involved with the DAO or the creation of a DAO, you're challenging the status quo of how things can be ran, how things can be governed. Yeah. The biggest portion of DAO, in my opinion, outside of regulation of incentives, is governance. Yeah. I mean, at the heart of that is how is it governed? Well, until we can vote online for our own things. Like well, you mic. can. In in some of these, so there not, are examples. Not in government. I'm oh, saying, you mean? Yeah, I'm saying like government elections, like vote online. Got until it. they figure that out, it's like. So yeah, this is a perfect perfect segue into our next topic. How do you create a DAO? Yeah, and we have a number of links in our show notes. So you can go to Binance. It'll they have a great article of how to create a DAO. So for those listening, it's not that hard to create one. It just seems so daunting because of the education hurdle. Yeah. But the liabilities in creating one are something that we, that anybody creating a DAO needs to take into consideration. Yeah. Because us as humans, we want that incentive. We want, we want that dopamine kick of being rewarded for something that we do. Yeah. For anybody who wants to listen to Andrew Huberman talk about the dopamine side of why we do things like doom scrolling, page likes, it's an awesome listen on his podcast. And that's something that is at the heart of all this technology. It's just more human, in my opinion. We talked about it earlier in this particular episode that the intermediaries and in providing independence is what I believe DAOs are doing. I, all things blockchain and crypto, it's introducing more independence and removing intermediaries. But what's funny about that is when you remove intermediaries, the idea, or at least their function, their value add, in my opinion, is supposed to help with quality control and seeing things go through. Yeah. So if a DAO is meant to have all the benefits and structure that our current world or our current infrastructure has, but it's more independent, you still need that moral compass or whatever that compass is for that particular DAO needs to be there because you will have bad actors. You will have people trying to take over the majority of the vote if it's governed by a majority of tokens. Cause then you start thinking about validators on Ethereum. Yeah. The idea that if you know one entity owns enough of the validators, do they control the network? You know, yeah. and obviously they do. It, they talk about it all the time of during the creation or move over to proof of stake that that wouldn't happen. They would make it more resistant to that thing, to mm -hmm. that instant happening. But again, in our show notes, we have links to a number of websites that talk more about how you can create a DAO. There's a great one on Aragon.org on how to create a DAO. Again, there's some basically, it's almost like using type form to create any type of web form that you want to have. Oh. It's really gotten, it's, it's moving faster. I feel like all things are moving faster in the web th web three crypto blockchain space, as far as introducing tools that people can just use. Mm -hmm. Cause if you go to things like the third web, they work with build space to build your own DAO with just JavaScript. Wow. You know what I mean? So it, it's not as daunting. You just have to do the homework yeah. to do it. But then again, why are you creating it? Yeah. The one thing that. DAOs, in my opinion, really bring up is 
just because you can build it doesn't mean you should build it. (laughs) You know what I mean? So you can launch a DAO, but should you? Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the question with a lot of things. A a lot of things, especially tech. Yeah. It's like just because you can build it doesn't mean you should. Yeah. And again, it's, in my opinion, what DAOs potentially could solve means humans kind of have to get out of their own way. Maybe change a little. You know what I mean? I'm also of the opinion it's going to be easier for the next generation of people to adopt the ideas and I guess you'd say decision-making that would make DAOs successful in our everyday society than people who might be over a certain age. I mean, you can call it stereotyping, thinking people can't change, but here's the thing. I call it booming. Booming. (laughs) Boomer's going to boom, you know what I mean? So... I mean, we've definitely become a society that loves to label stuff, right? Oh, yeah. You know? Well, that's what we do as humans. Yeah, we do. We have to label stuff. It helps us to identify with where we're at yeah. and where we stand in whatever position we have. But one thing that seems to be cyclical is the adoption of any innovation. You know what I mean? When you think about music, music, having rock music was something that people hated, you know, and there was a lot of adversaries amongst it. Yeah. And then, then it became rap. When you think about NWA, mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a lot of opposition on that side of the fence. Well, I mean, it's, yeah, it's culture and then countercultures, yeah. basically. Technology has just as much impact, if not more in some ways, as that. Mm-hmm. Uh, technology, the evolution of something like blockchain being a new innovation in the accounting space is huge, massive. Yeah. But it is similar because you can see how humans respond to things. Mm -hmm. And I use music as a layman's way of putting it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like crypto is every much as NWA as possible. Yeah. (laughs) But it's just so many different people have oppositions for it and other people are for it. You know what I mean? So... Yeah. It's all unfolding in front of us right now. It's exciting. To yeah. be honest, I'm excited to get up and learn more about it, to talk about it. And doing these podcasts, it's exciting because we're I feel like we've seen so much history in just the past 3 years between the pandemic. Yeah. A lot of different movements just to be more equal as humans. Yeah. And to provide more independence, you know what I mean? Yeah, and where our limitations are is humans as well because we have a chip shortage, so yeah. A lot of technology can't get to us. And so that we might have a slowdown in like development of technologies because of the chip shortage. Yeah. So like these past two years of unstable supply chains could affect us going in the future. But I think we'll catch up. So the argument can be made in hindsight for the problem that we're going to have with the chip shortage yeah. is why do we not have more manufacturing of chips stateside? They're, they're building them right now. No, no. Yeah. Now, yeah. why weren't they built before? A lot of it had to do with those in power stifling yeah. our ability yeah. to do certain things over here. Think about the well, way I mean, we're taxed. Because you already have chips being built elsewhere, and they're way cheaper if they're coming from Taiwan. So why you don't need them built here? Yeah. I, now we do, and we're like, oh, here we go. So here's an interesting thought, yeah. right? The banks were bailed out by the government, and it's definitely a form of nationalization, right? Yeah. But the government can't invest in doing things better for our future, such as chips. Yeah. So think about DAOs, right? It's 
again, if you had the thing about DAOs, and again, we're not a political podcast whatsoever, yeah. but you wouldn't have to just narrow down one candidate for each party anymore Yeah. in the world of a DAO. If the DAOs actually saw their day in the sun with yeah. being adopted by any type of political election yeah. and you wouldn't have to just make choices lumped together between two options, yeah. maybe three, you know, but the two ones that actually could potentially win, it's just governance with a DAO opens up. It opens up a revisit of everything we've been doing according to the way we've structured it thus far. We as humans. Yeah. And again, we're not a political podcast, but no. it it's, I mean, that is interesting. You just put up a whole bunch of candidates with a checklist and then you, checklist your favorite things and if you find a candidate with all those checks checked off you're like that's my dude or my lady dude you can go to airbnb <laughs> right now and narrow down finding the coolest place to stay yeah. based upon why you're going there yeah. when you're going there the type of weather you want yeah. and the type of environment you want to be in yeah it narrows down your filters why can't we do that with yeah, those well, they, they need in our positions like of power yeah i don't use airbnb anymore but yeah okay you could go to travelocity yeah, expedia yeah. yeah find the same shit you're in your hotel exactly the way you want it yeah Dude, yeah I, I mean like that why can't we do that with our politics and yeah. you think about hoas yeah i would love a dow because have you ever been to an hoa meeting but think about it for a second, man. Your yeah. HOA, if it was a DAO, you could just do it through a Zoom call or Google Chat. Yeah. Speaking of which, people, just use Google Chat. Don't use Zoom. You're paying too much for not enough. Yeah, what's up? Google Chat. Yeah. If you're already part of Gmail, just use it. This yeah. is not a paid endorsement. This is just simplicity. Yeah. Or just use what's already on your phone with but FaceTime. it could be Google. <laughs> but anyways, think about it, though. If you had a governance model for your HOA... That would remove your Mrs. Kravitz style neighbor from Bewitch for those who are old enough to know better. Yeah, she no has her idea. benefits, I will say. That reference just <laughs> Oh yeah, boomers me. will love that then. Yeah, you know, that's right. right in their What's line up, of sight. Booms? <laughs> but here's the thing is that if an HOA could start adopting a DAO process with a governance model that allowed people to arrive at consensus, you'd probably have a lot less problems. Yeah. At least there would be a clear line of rules because mm -hmm. in HOAs, as an example, there are always power players, people who spend more time in it. I'm not here to stereotype or give people shit, but no. just to the whole idea behind DAOs creating an innovation for governance and community, it's rooted in positivity. Yeah. And that's what we need to focus on. Sure. We can point and out HOAs all HOAs aren't, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> H HOAs definitely have a bad rap in a number of ways, in yeah. my opinion. And just let me paint my house blue. <laughs> I just want a blue house. Okay. Yeah. I mean, people it's still be some sort of tan or Brown. They know? think they own their house, so they should be able to do whatever they want. Yeah, but absolutely. let me tell you something. If you own a house, you yeah. don't have a mortgage on it, but you don't pay your property taxes you don't that's not house. your house yeah. <laughs> it's just the way it is man yeah so yeah this is our way of kind of segueing into what is the future of dallas mm -hmm. you know, we don't know because humans yeah. have to adopt it humans have to govern it i think the dust, the potential. dust has to settle from these 
Oh my gosh. These things first, and especially if you have like the creators of the code making these DAOs, like if they're liable, if they're liable, you you won't ever see another DAO created. Well, not in the United States. Well, okay, yeah. You see my point? I get your point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of talking or a lot of chatter that's been shared across a number of sites. Different power players are talking about offshoring more innovation. Yeah, that's not good. No, it's not. Yeah. You what, know, if, what if city DAO actually makes incorporates a city, like gets a whole city to go, okay, we're going to incorporate under a DAO. And then they each have like voting rights. If you could show like a city as being an actual proof of concept for how a DAO city could work, mm -hmm. that makes it interesting. Because is that so, like a security? I have a great Twitter link to a video of somebody talking about how you create a country. Oh, interesting. It's amazing. Is it the people that created Liberland? I don't think so. Okay. But, excuse me, but it's awesome. Okay. Again, so much of what we're talking about can come across as contrarian, right? Yeah. It go against the status quo. Does it? Well, I don't I know. Mean, maybe if you're talking about starting your own country, yeah, but I don't know. <laughs> I mean, again, only so many people are really into politics. Yeah. It's just... No, I, I get that. There's there's so many things unsavory. It's yeah. almost like... And it's a cliche for a reason. People are saying, oh, you, you want to know how to start a fight at any fun function? Talk about religion or politics. Yeah. It's, it's a stereotype joke for yeah. a number of reasons. Oh, for sure. Because everybody has an opinion. Everybody has an asshole, too. Yeah. So we're two assholes with a couple of opinions. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about it on a podcast. Yeah. But so we decided to make a podcast to actually talk about our opinions to share our assholes. <laughs> but in this way, I love I love the idea of reimagining of how we can arrive at consensus. Yeah. And a gentleman that I had met that talked about was talking about a governance model. He said it's almost like we shouldn't even call it governance; we should just call it coordination. Because oh, at the end of the day. That's kind of what it is. Yeah. You're coordinating the decision-making process and you're arriving at consensus. For some reason, the word consensus doesn't have that sharp edge as to who won or lost. Consensus is another way that you can describe people aligning on a subject. Even if there's a soft yes or a partial, it just feels like there is more independence and in that your vote, your vote does count. Yeah. You know what I mean? Again, we're not political, but if a state is blue or red, how do you how do you actually affect change in that state? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean with its with our current infrastructure of election. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Again, I'm of the opinion that there's going to be a DAO for as simple as something about let's say Nike's coming out with a new sneaker. Mhm. Mm and so many who people are going to use it. Who gets those sneakers when it drops? Go, go with me on this journey. Okay. So Nike drops this DAO related to something like that. It seems trivial. But there's a, a dedicated group of passionate people behind it. And those people, they get older. Maybe they're in college now. And they're like, you know what? Why don't we use that same kind of governance model for something they're doing in colleges? Maybe it's a fraternity or maybe whatever they're trying to organize something with the ROTC whatever the case may be so you're in college you're now using the same governance model that you love so much when you had this sneaker experience and now you're out of college and you're like you know what I'm working here at this company 
we're trying to decide what the company's going to donate to with their charitable giving side of things. So they create another DAO and governance infrastructure from this kid who did it with the sneakers and through his fraternity or whatever his time in college. And so now he's using it in his office. Then you fast forward to late 30s, early 40s, all of a sudden, upper management, you're visualizing yourself in this role. This is true. Yeah. Although I didn't go to college. Yeah. I was never part of fraternity. No. But definitely was in the sneakers. Yeah. But I and But you're you're visualizing what you would be like if yeah. you were a kid right now. Thank you. I get it. So having said that, you're now in charge of this role at a company and you've used this governance model in all these ways throughout your life and other people were involved with it. It's now familiar to them. This governance model that's familiar to you and those around you and then it'll be adopted. So unfortunately, this may take 10, 20, 30, 40 years to but yeah. Maybe 10 years. I would like to see it accelerated. Yeah. But I am of the belief that time works its magic when it comes to these things. And it's unfortunate that us as humans can't get out of our own way to see improvements. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the thing. Will DAOs be all this positive? Not necessarily because humans are still involved. No. So there's going to be bad ones and there's going to be good ones. But that shouldn't denigrate the framework. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's my thoughts. Those are interesting. Thank you. Any th any last thoughts on DAOs? Well, if we rename them to decentralized reorganization, autonomous, reorganized autonomous, coordinated organizations, then it stands for Draco. <laughs> you talking about Harry Potter? Yeah. <laughs> so then it would be easier to remember what they are. Understood understood maybe not i don't know so in our last bit about this particular let's talk about DAOs. what to watch out for with DAOs. yeah at the end of the day you want to watch out for governance yeah if there's tokenization involved i'm just kidding i do kind of mean coordination governance security you mm -hmm. know i see is a big one yeah. do you actually know who's involved are KY these valid Dow. ky dow <laughs> So you do, you have governance, security, KYC on that side of the fence, and you have ultimately where's action taking place. And if your voting rights are governed by tokens, you got to be careful with that. Yeah. And if you're going to develop a DAO, you got to be careful because how much liability will you have depending upon if there are tokens issued or incentives or rewards. Mm -hmm. So these are things to watch out for. Yeah, what if your rewards are non-monetary, though? It's a good question. We you're should do saying, more due diligence. Yeah, you're you're talking about, what do you call it? Not entrepreneur. What's the opposite of, what's like char charity, like a charitable organization has a DAO, where you're going to push your funds to? Like, that's very interesting. I I could see mass adoption in, in that area because, A, you don't have like you would have governance but you wouldn't have the securities behind it right and so you wouldn't like the the tokens that you would get back could be like non-monetary tokens like you could receive an nft like thank you for your donation something like that like i thought that would yeah so while you were talking i looked up something and on the aragon.org blog they have an amazing visual chart talking about what you could do in terms of 
incentives and showing the outcome of it. So it even shows what NFTs would look like, tips, algorithmic network analysis, bounties, grants, streams. Mm -hmm. Like, oh my gosh, there's so many things here. This is really cool. So it'll be in our show notes when you want to dive in deeper. Because in any system, I mean, think of Kickstarter, right? Yeah. Kickstarter you get rewards for investing in these companies, but that's not a true investment. Yeah. The SEC is not coming down on these people saying you're not an accredited investor. Yeah, That's what made Kickstarter so amazing is because you could see these cool companies and products that you want to see come into reality get yeah. funded, yeah. but they didn't get any equity. And then once the Jobs Jumpstart Act happened and you could do crowdfunding for equity, you started seeing websites like Fundrise happen. So there was yeah. fractional ownership of Realty yeah. And so then you also have sites like WeFunder where you can invest, crowdsource, invest. But you there's a limitation to all of it depending upon yeah. you following the laws, like writing a prospectus. One of the most sexiest options that came out of a lot of this crowdfunding style way of offering investments was U-Haul. U-Haul has a website, U-Haul Investors Club. I shit you not. When you go to it, you look at it and it looks super archaic. It almost looks like Craigslist designer said, oh, I'm ready to design more and design that site. Yeah. (laughs) But U-Haul came up with a model that allows people to invest in helping basically grow the company. Like, for instance, say they have a location somewhere, let's just say in Austin, Texas, that they're opening up and they want to purchase 200 dollies. Yeah they offer the ability to invest in that purchase of those dollies. And since they've been around in business for so long, they know how much revenue they'll make per dolly. So Mm. they can give you a fixed return. Holy shit. So they're basically selling these notes against the performance of their dollies, their dollies. So they don't actually have to put money into. No, it's a brilliant model to grow, (laughs) baby. It's amazing. It's so awesome. Yeah, Yeah. 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 I mean, if you're a savvy investor, you would look at it and go, oh, it's not at least 10%. But if you were looking at it against a CD in a bank or uh, other things out there, it's a fixed return. Yeah. And it's done by a reputable company. Again, this isn't a promotion. We're not in invest. This is not investment advice. We're just sharing that this is a hidden stuff gem of stuff yeah, we found. But yeah. So again, if that was Dow related, ooh, mm-hmm. baby. Yeah. You know, but then again, if it was Dow related, there would be actual securities involved. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's it for this episode of talking yeah. about Dow's. Dow's are in constant communication as it relates to all things blockchain, crypto, and Web3. So, thanks for coming in. <laughs> if you saw value in this episode, please share it with others. Who doesn't like to share value? Again, this show has been produced by Vocal Visual and Wizard Cats. We drop new episodes of the Fort Brock Crypto Podcast every other Monday. Please check out our weekly podcast of Crypto Vibes, where we recap the week's news in Crypto Web 3. We'd like to thank the celebrators for that intro and outro song. This podcast studio has been provided by ADU West Coast in Seal Beach, California. West Coast. (laughs) They turn underutilized garage space and backyards into rental housing units. Their website is located at aduwestcoast.com. If you'd like to be notified when new episodes become available, please subscribe on whichever platform you're listening or if you're on YouTube, subscribe. We would love you for it. Yeah. Very much so. Thank you again for tuning in.